It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys got a big win in Week 4 against the New England Patriots. Who are three hidden stars from this performance? All that more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Uh, on today's show, we're breaking down the All-22 film from the Cowboys' Week 4 win over the Patriots and talking about three hidden gems from that performance. Landon, I want to start with Jake Ferguson because mm. I really feel like this is one of the most complete games that I've seen from him as a pro. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I would go so far to say that it just felt like what we're seeing from Jake Ferguson so far this season is is – as well-rounded tight end play as the Cowboys have had in a while. I mean, I, I think Dalton Schultz obviously was a, was a, was a very successful player and, and and productive player for the Cowboys, but even you know, despite coming in with you know kind of good technique early in his career, just never really was kind of a punishing blocker. I mean, he was more of a get in the way blocker. He was a functional and, blocker. At yeah, and he was definitely more of a, of a receiver. Uh, and 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 you know, once he kind of added that element to his game, like was really someone that Dak could rely on. Ferguson, to me, you know, has taken that and and kind of expanded uh, even further. I mean, I, I think as a receiver, you're seeing the you know, especially this last game. This is kind of the iteration of what we saw in training camp—a guy that was a reliable target, caught almost everything, and you saw it a lot last year too, like where he was had a high uh, efficiency rate of, of of converting targets to catches. Yeah, uh, and and early on this year, we, you know, we see we saw some drops. I think he had two drops or maybe three drops in the first game. Uh, and, and kind of, I just felt like felt like it took a little while to get his feet underneath him. But now, what we've seen, especially in this game, was a, a guy that's not only playing at his best football, but but extremely well rounded football for a tight end. One, uh, you we saw it all in the receiving game, whether it's uh, uh, getting up and getting the ball, catching the ball short, and, and turning it upfield and breaking tackles to get, get first downs. I think he had some. He was seven for seven on his targets to catch seventy-seven yards. Yeah. yeah, for seventy-seven yards, and and five of those were first downs. And, and, and that just kind of shows you just how vi- uh, valuable he was specifically and, and maybe too specifically between the twenties uh, for this offense. Right. I, I think the one thing that after watching this game that really stuck out to me is that we really need to find a way to get him red zone targets. Um, because I think that's, that's, you know, he was all over the place when it was moving the ball between the twenties. And I only think he got one real target in the red zone. And that was kind of on that, excuse the phrasing flippant sort of uh, uh shovel pass uh yeah. that that Dak made so 
Uh, I just thought he had a fantastic game. And then as a blocker, just moving bodies, you know, just saw really, really successful, not just getting the way, but actually, you know, physically affecting the, and, and, and blowing people back a little bit. Uh, he's just uh, playing very well. And is just an extremely well-rounded tight end. Uh, very impressive performance on Sunday. Yeah. I, I've got a lot to add here. So first of all, I agree with you on the, the red zone targets. I, the only thing I would say is, they need to get him red zone targets when he's going vertical and not just mm. sideline to sideline. Because I think that's the mistake the Cowboys are using too much is when they get inside the 10-yard line, it seems like everything is like to the flat for Ferguson. And it's just too hard to catch the ball, turn around, and get up in, you know, get into the, the end zone from that spot unless there's blown coverages and stuff. And I think teams by now have kind of figured out like that's the way the Cowboys like to use uh ferguson i'd like to see him on more you know like the y stick stuff where it's a little bit of an option route or he can box out a defender or even on a slant route where he can use his big body at least that's how i would like to see him use what do you think yeah i mean i think that's great more crossing stuff i mean uh you know it's tough to try to run a lot of like you know crossers uh, in the red zone because the, everything's condensed and and you just don't have a ton of time to, to develop. But I do agree, like the slant stuff that could work uh, in in kind of just getting vertical and maybe you know to the end line, not you know not not, not quite a fade, but just like something where he got yep. closer to the end line, he got out to him quickly. We can use his uh, body to shield his body. Yeah. You know, that's the, the, the one thing that we've, that we saw uh, early this year that when he did was catching the football that we haven't seen previously is that he, he does have some, some vertical to him. He's, he, you know, obviously didn't test well necessarily in that area, uh, but in, in, at the combine, but we've seen it in his game uh, here. So I, I do, I would like to see a little more of that just kind of putting the ball where only he can get it, get let him use his body and then come down with it. Because look, I mean, obviously the red zone office was, was what it was. We, we, we can talk about that later if we want, but it's, it just feels like uh, Ferguson is, is earned the right to kind of get some more targeting sure. down there and considering his success rate. I just think it was, it's a match made in heaven there. Uh, so you I, I agree with you on everything you said about him as a receiver, but where I was actually even more impressed with him is as a blocker, right? Like, yeah. I thought he was a fine blocker at times last year. There were obviously some games where he struggled, but now it's a strength. Like, I, I mean, yeah. you, uh, you can make a case that he's already the best blocking tight end on this team. Um, and Pro Football Focus agrees right now of all tight ends that have played 100 snaps, he's third in the NFL in yeah. run blocking gray behind Dallas Goddard and George Kittle. Like, he's become a weapon as a blocker. And that was really the next step that he needed to make to become – not just a tight end one, but like a high end tight end one down the road. Yeah, honestly, like uh, I'm not surprised that he has gotten t- to this place as a blocker. I have always felt like that was going to be a huge part of his game. Uh, uh, but, but I mean, the fact that we are here in combination of him playing the way that he is as a receiver, that's so incredibly impressive because, you know, you're seeing him. I mean, he was the highest targeted receiver on the team, was the most successful receiver on the team last week. Uh, or last Sunday, and then on top of that is a plus plus blocker. You know, is is you know, He's giving you point, value in the run. He game, knocked which, he knocked yeah. Judon out of the game at one. Oh, point yeah, I know. He was so physical with uh, with one of his blocks, and and just several different points where you just see him helping with the fits, helping on a double, just always in the right spot. He's I mean, he's just strong. He's just stronger than a lot of the tight ends that we've had in a while, and 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 he shows that, and he shows his ability to move guys and. Yeah, I think that's really this, you know, I what I expected was for him to come in 
uh, as a very good blocker uh, with, with with some some better receiving stuff. You know, doing kind of the stuff we've seen like out in the flat and breaking tackles is you know just a strong player. But he's become much more fluid as a receiver than I ever expected, and, and, and he's you know yep. his ceiling is so much higher now than than I kind of anticipate going into the year, and it really is exciting. And I'm sure there's people listening that are thinking, okay, if they if they the Cowboys knew they had this in Ferguson, why did they spend a second round pick on Luke Schoonmaker? And I would say, first of all, he's a different type of player. Like he's, I think he's a more vertical player than what yeah. uh, Ferguson is. And actually you saw that in week four. He just didn't make the catch. He did everything right yeah. on that play except for make the catch. That's right. Um, but at the same time, you also need, you're seeing in this offense how important the tight end position is. You've got to yeah. be able to block. You've got to be able to make plays after the catch if you're going to be running this many slants and flat routes, right? So yeah. rather than hoping that Sean McEwen or Peyton Hendershot could fill those roles if Jake Ferguson were to go down, now you have somebody else who has the athleticism, the size, the blocking ability to to help you out there. Yeah, and, and, and Scooney has been a valuable player so far. I mean, like, he's gotten in there and been useful as a blocker. He just, you know, hasn't developed as a receiver quite yet. Obviously, uh, get, catching that second touchdown would have been a, a big, big thing for him. But I have no doubts that he'll get there. And, and that, I mean, once he does, that's going to be a really dangerous combination to have, you know, that, that kind of dynamite twin tight ends. Because even previous when you thought it was Hendershot, like, he Schoon can do things that Hendershot there. can't do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like he's just a different type of player, and and I don't know that Hendershot was ready to kind of come in here and be a tight end too. He is better as sort of a uh, a kind of uh, a specialty player, you know, well, just kind of it, for mismatch player. And I like, I mean, obviously everybody knows how much I like Sean McEwen, but Schoonmaker's already a better blocker, and he's yeah. got far more athleticism and far more receiving upside. Yeah. So. It's not hard to see why the Cowboys still, you know, they want to invest in that position. It's important, a position that they believe is very important to winning in the NFL. I can't blame them at all for wanting to take a gamble there. Landon, let's talk about some other players who had fantastic performances in week four. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer deals on last, uh, killer you know, deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying your tickets. I absolutely love Game Time. It's what I use to buy tickets to football games. I like to go to college games a lot. It's absolutely fantastic. My favorite part is that you go on the app. It shows you exactly how much you're going to be paying per ticket, including all the fees and all the taxes and all that kind of stuff. So you're not surprised when you check out. But I also love how they show you exactly what your seat is going to look like so you can get an idea of, you know, okay, maybe I'm going to be closer to the bathroom here. This is closer to the concession stand. Everything is so easy to use. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app. Create an account and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Term supply. Again, create an account. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL. That's locked on NFL, all one word, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. Every day or on tomorrow's show, we're going to answer your Twitter questions. So make sure you send them in to us at Marcus underscore Mosher, at McCoolBCB, and we'll try to get to as many as possible. Landon, we got to talk about our left guard, Tyler Smith, who made the second start of his career at guard. Pretty, pretty impressive. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, you know, look, here's the thing. Uh, it, it was a position that there was a lot of consternation about all during the preseason and, and, and you know, all based on the fact that, you know, there was an assumption that Tyler Smith wasn't going to end up at left guard and what would happen if he didn't, uh, you know, fast forward to where we are now, I, I, Tyler Smith is not only yes, playing left guard, but I mean, I think you can make an argument that especially with a kind of a hobbled Zach Martin at this point, Tyler Smith, might be your best oh, offensive he is. lineman. He, he, you know? He's been I mean, he's been your best offensive lineman. And today. and yeah, and, and I think that you know that's something that you saw a little bit uh kind of going into the end of the year last year, you know, that like even at playing tackle, uh when they were moving guys in and, and Tyron came back, um, you know, it, you were looking at what you were getting from Tyron Smith at left at, at right tackle and what you were getting from Tyler Smith at left tackle, and you're like, man, t- Tyler Smith's doing a pretty good job considering he's a rookie and was a guy that everyone was was terrified about. So, uh, you know, playing because of you know, a holding issue that everyone was just certain just could, he couldn't get over. Um, and, and, you know, here we are. Now, now he's a guy that is uh, – he's got very, very nice technique. He's not perfect. It's, it's certainly no. better than we, we had hoped for, I think, at this point. But it's, it still isn't perfect yet. Uh, but everything else about him is, is – is, I mean, drawn up uh, in a lab for a guard. Like yep. he is so, so powerful. When he gets his hands on you, it's over. He can move and he moves with a level of athleticism. Like, you know, you could, when you watch guys move, especially offensive linemen, like when they're on the hoof, you know, like you could tell the level of athleticism they are. You could tell if you'd, if you'd want that guy in the low post in, in, yeah. in basketball or, or not, you know, and, and, and Tyler Smith is one of those guys that, that seems comfortable in his body. You know, he's not lumbering. He looks athletic as he's moving. He's got good agility for a guy his size. Um, and and he has just been basically lo- locking onto dudes and burying them on the second level when he gets there. And then in the past game, he's just been incredibly reliable. He's, you know, he, he gets a punch out. He hasn't had to face uh, uh, a ton of resistance so far, despite the fact that he's played some pretty darn good defensive tackles. And, um, I just I've just been super impressed with you know his ability when he's been in there uh, to just you know pick it up and and you know be a very very good guard like you said after only a second start in the NFL I mean it's crazy because I just had zero doubts that he was going to come in I mean yeah. obviously after watching him training camp but I just had zero doubts that he was going to come in and be a very very good guard he just has that kind of makeup and in comparison to what he had to do last year. This is this is this is easy, uh, you know. Like this is easy. This is a much easier situation than what he faced last year. 
Uh, and he looks like a guy who's completely comfortable with everything he's being asked to do. So I have a take that I like 95% believe. I'm not not 100% there, but wow. I'm, I'm getting there. A, working, a work in progress take. Work, work in progress take. Tyler Smith last year at left tackle was so much better than I think anyone could have ever anticipated. By the end of the year, I think he created out as one of the top seven or eight offensive linemen in the league down the stretch. Mm-hmm. The left tackle position is just so much more valuable than guard. Like there's nobody's going to argue that, right? Left tackle is the money position when it comes to the offensive linemen. Having said that, I almost no matter what happens, I kind of want to le- leave Tyler Smith at left guard. Like I, I yeah. want him to be a left guard moving forward and maybe the Cowboys next year, they draft the left tackle and try to find somebody there because I think there's a chance that you're getting like special, special play at left guard. And you saw in this game, like his athleticism is crazy being able to get to the second level and get to linebackers. And then the power, once he gets a hold of you, it's, it's incredible. I never want to compare somebody to Larry, Larry Allen, because I was like, I wish you could see my screen right now. I was literally typing it in right now just to see exactly that, to see if, if, if he had ever gone back to tackle after switching to guard. Larry, Larry Allen played right tackle. I have absolutely no doubt he could have played left tackle at a pro bowl level. Like that did play left tackle. He did play left tackle. I think for one year, right before he switched to guard, but only one year. You can still get your money's worth out of Tyler Smith playing left, left tackle. But if you want like, Hey, this is a guy that has a chance to be like the best guard in football for five years. I think I would leave Tyler Smith there. I really would. When I was watching the tape, I kept on thinking it's it's so funny to let me rewind a little bit. I was having a conversation on Twitter with uh, uh, Brandon Thorne and who I think you wasn't it wasn't it or someone else on Twitter about uh, legacy numbers, right? And 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 about how. Those numbers kind of pass on. The Cowboys like that, right? And they 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 have seventy seven and seventy, and and these are all kind of legacy numbers. And seventy three obviously is a legacy number for Larry Allen. And yeah. they kept on mentioning, hey, like we don't want to reference Larry Allen. They said they gave the same, exact same spiel that we just did. Like, hey, we don't want to talk about Lawrence Taylor, but Micah Parsons, right? Yeah. We don't want to talk yeah. about uh, Larry Allen, but but uh, you know Tyler Smith. I, I think they're very comparable players. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, it's not just that, you know, they wear the same number and, and they, you mean the play styles comparable, comparable. their play That's styles are yes. very comparable. Honestly, I think, you know, Tyler Smith, I mean, Larry Allen had legendary strength. Tyler Smith has some of the best strength in the league, probably play just of like natural strength, strength right? natural strength. Yeah. Uh, so and I, they wear the same number. And then obviously the transition, right? The, Larry Allen came into the league as a tackle. Uh, and then end up playing a guard. They knew how good Larry Allen was the last six years of his career. Do they think that they could have played him a tackle? Absolutely. Zach Martin Absolutely. could play tackle. But the, f- but the fact is, is that if you've got a guy who is otherworldly or exceptional, specifically at a spot, even if it has less value, off- offensive line is a weak link system. Yes. You know, so you can find a, a functional left tackle and play well as long as you've got uh, good players across the rest of the line. I, I would, you know, I think it's certainly something they should consider keeping him there just because uh, it's you know, the Cowboys clearly have found, had, had something with finding uh, offensive linemen. And it, it, it's just nice to have the luxury of, yep. of a guy that is so valuable 
uh, playing a position that he plays very well naturally, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And that was going to be my last point here. Is that it's just guard is such a natural position for him. Like it, it shows off his strengths and it hides his weaknesses a little bit more. And again, Tyler Smith played really well at left tackle last year, but moving yeah. him inside and guard, giving him a lot of one-on-one matchups where he doesn't necessarily have to play and space a ton just makes him such a unique player. I was, I was blown away by him on tape. Last thing, in a division where you're going to obviously be facing Jalen Carter for another eight or nine years or however long the Eagles have him, and then Dexter Lawrence and you know all these guys. Deron Payne, yeah. Deron Payne, this is, a, this is a, a, a division that has great defensive tackle play. I think it makes every bit of sense if you're going to have six of your games every single year against those guys that you have some sort of answer inside. And don't forget about the big matchups in the playoffs, like the, the 49ers mm-hmm. who have Eric Armstead, Hargrave and, oh, yeah. Hargrave and Javon Kinlaw. Like they have a lot of guys that they can throw at your interior offensive lineman. It's pretty nice to have an A++ guy at left guard. Uh, let's talk about a couple of players on defense who maybe aren't even the top five, top six, top seven, top eight players on defense that just had stellar performances yeah. in week four. We'll get to that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the NFL action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, futures bets. You can bet on the Cowboys to win the division, to make the playoffs, uh, to, to win the NFC, or even to win the Super Bowl. So many different fun bets out there. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, one more player that I wanted to, to talk about before we head out, Dorrance Armstrong. When you just need somebody to kind of fill the gaps and <laughs> do it extremely well, there's Dorrance Armstrong, who had, again, a really, really solid performance. What a bizarre career Dorrance Armstrong has had, right? Mm-hmm. Like, came into the league at, like, 20 years old. It feels like he's been on the team for a decade, I was just going to do the running bit. How old do you think he is? Uh, I was just pleased because I literally was going to look it up to try to say it, but I don't remember off the top of my head. So I'm going to guess that he's 26. I'm looking up it right now. Let's see. Uh, If I had to guess, I'd say 26. Let's see. Yeah, I mean. 26. Yeah. That's that's just absolutely (laughs) bizarre. I mean, like, seriously, it feels like he's been on the team forever and he's still only 26 years old. Let's see your six. Yeah. and, 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 And here's the thing. Like. You know, he came into the league as kind of this scrawny uh, pass rusher with good length. He he just looked like an NFL body at twenty, right? He gets into the he gets into the weight room and he for the first three to four years of, of being on this team, 
you know, made it like survived, survived the roster, like made 53 man roster, made himself useful, became a really key special team player. And then about two years ago, something changed with Doran Armstrong. And I think it was Dan Quinn, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And he has just taken off in a way that uh, it was incredible. He signed that, they re-signed his contract after his four-year deal. Uh, and, and it was a with a nice chunk of change. And everyone, it was right after the Randy Gregory situation. So everyone was kind of poo-pooed the situation. But it ended up being one of the best signings the Cowboys yeah. did uh, simply because he is a guy that no matter what, play game in and game out, he will come in and give you three very good plays every game, whether it's not only on defense. No, no, no. He'll block a kick. He'll, uh, he'll, uh, you know, force a fumble on a, on a kick return. He'll, uh, he'll, he'll get a huge sack. He'll make a tackle for loss. He will, uh, knock a pass down. I mean, he'll pit, scoop a ball up and run it back in for a touchdown. Like he is this, he is the kind of guy that championship teams have that, when your superstars are all occupied or they're exhausted or you just need a play and, and, and they're, and, you know, Micah Parsons is being triple teamed and Demarcus Lawrence is tired. And, you know, he is the guy that every, every team's going to forget about. And then suddenly here comes Dorrance Armstrong out of nowhere playing the three technique. He's the guy that you, the, the only guy on that offensive line, you didn't double team yep. and he wins his rep against a guard and he, he gets a tackle for a loss. He forces a fumble. He strip sacks the quarterback. He's the kind of guy that he doesn't need a ton of reps. He'll play anywhere on that defensive line. You need to play outside and, and, and the stout edge player gets the, the run. He is absolutely one of the most dependable guys you can put out there. You need him on third down to, to reduce down as a, as a B gap uh, piercer, as a, as a, as a three technique, he, he's going to give you pressure. Like maybe one of the, at, at a rate as, as, as the best defensive tackles in the league. Uh, 25% it, win rate right now. 25% win rate. was absolutely ridiculous. The, the, the fact, if he was on any other team, he we would all be talking about him as a pro bowler. He would be well, in the that, conversation that's as one of the best mention. defensive ends in the league, honestly. Right now on Pro Football Focus, he is he has graded out as the number nine overall edge rusher. That's ahead of guys like Aiden Hutchinson, Trey Hendrickson, Khalil Mack. Uh, he also, this, this is what's fantastic, right? The run defense grade, fourth best in the NFL. He's really turned himself into a good run defender. And he's because he's gotten huge. I mean, that's the thing is in these six years, he's really gotten enormous. And, and, and that's the thing I, I think I noticed this year. And if we go back and listen to some of these training camp reports that I noticed, he wasn't in a lot of these practices because he was hurt or whatever. He was dealing some stuff. But the one thing I did notice about him is that he looks enormous this year. He's he's gained more shoulders and more arms. And, and, and he, so he looks like closer to 265, 270 than he ever has before. So, uh, yeah, I just think that I've watched him week in and week out, and we're so enamored, rightfully so, with with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence is having a career year and a resurgence like we've never seen. Fowler had a huge strip sack, and obviously that's a huge thing. Sam Williams is the guy that we've all, we're waiting to kind of break out this year. But Dorrance Armstrong, once again, quietly comes in and is an absolute superstar and is producing at, at a rate that you just mentioned. He's he's clearing the minimum thresholds and still getting rated as top 10 defensive yeah. ends in the league, uh, despite playing something like probably 35 snaps a game on defense. I'm just I'm just here to make sure that Dorrance Armstrong gets his flowers because it is super well deserved. Yeah, Cowboy fans should really try to appreciate him because 
they're not going to have him next year. I'm, I'm just, no, probably I'm not. I'm tell you right now. He signed a, if I remember correctly, it was like two years, $13 million, six and a half million a year. He, this is the last year of his deal with the Cowboys having guaranteed money tied up into Demarcus Lawrence next year with Michael Parsons' deal coming up, drafting Sam Williams, probably bringing back Dante Fowler. I won't be shocked if if Dorrance Armstrong, because he's he's going to be 27 going into next offseason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If somebody just looks at him like, Key special teamer, good run defender, gets sacks, high win rate. Here's four years, fifty million to be yeah. our number two edge rusher. Absolutely. I mean, and and also if you needed him to, he could be. I mean, honestly, he earned the thirteen millions in almost special teams alone. <laughs> like, like honestly, that's how not, good. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. That's how good Dorrance Armstrong is on special teams, and and the fact is that he's this incredible player on special teams, this incredible player on defense, and. His name just doesn't get mentioned a lot by anyone other than Cowboys fans, and I just want to make sure that we're mentioning his name enough because the guy deserves all the money he's about to well, make next year. Even among Cowboy fans, right? It's Parsons, it's Diggs, it's Lawrence, it's Leighton Van Der Esch, it's Gilmore, it's Bland, it's you know uh, Osa Digizua and Mozzie Smith. I mean, there's so many other names before you get to Doris Armstrong. It's such it, it's such a weird career. That's what it is. Is that it's that wild. he he it's just like kind of he flattened for a long time, but was good enough to continue to be part of the team. And then he went from being a key role player to a, I don't know what to call it a superstar role player. I guess I'll say this happened is. a lot more like in the seventies and eighties when there yeah. wasn't a salary cap, and you you know you basically drafted guys and you let them sit yeah. for three or four years before they started to play. It doesn't happen very often in the NFL that somebody you draft doesn't really start to break out until year five and year six, but that's absolutely what we're seeing here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's rare that you sign a player to a second contract, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and a mid-level second contract. And then by year two, uh, it, it looks like the best deal you have yep. on the entire team. So absolutely it's incredible. incredible. All right. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making locked on Cowboys. Your first listen every single day. Again, tomorrow we'll be back to answer your Twitter questions. So make sure that you send them into us at Marcus underscore Mosier, at McCool BCB. We are free and available on all platforms. Go check out our show on YouTube. Uh, again, go follow Landon at McCool BCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.